Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone feeling this morning? Oh, come on, 9.30. You know you got a little bit more energy than that. How's everybody feeling this morning? It is so good. So good to be together on this sunny, it's still spring, but on this super sunny Sunday. And uh, I'm just so excited as we kick into this new series. But before we do that, I want to take a moment and I just want to celebrate something God is doing in us right here as a church. Three times a year, we take uh, a season and focus on relationships with the launch of our Resonate groups. And we launched groups last week. And I just want to take a moment and glorify God, give him all the praise that 380 people are registered for one of our small groups this semester. Come on, somebody. I think that's amazing. But more importantly than that, I want to pause and say thank you to a couple people. Number one, I want to say thank you to our, our group leaders who have set aside some time and energy in their life to say, come on, let's do this life together. So can we give it up for our, our group leaders? Come on. Thank them so much. I mean, last yesterday I saw, I saw a few groups meeting on social media, and it just looked like we were taking over spaces that were too small for us to, be, to belong in. Like there was one group that met yesterday morning. It was a tiny one-room apartment, and it looked like there was about 20 young women in that apartment. Come on, it was amazing. Anyone at that small group yesterday? No, that's the young women are coming to the next service. Okay, guys, take note. Uh, and then I saw this one. This one blew my mind. Yesterday... We had 50 people show up to one uh, uh, young family small group uh, in the park. It just was like some sort of small splash pad in Port Coquitlam just got taken over by Resonate Church. And so, come on, one more time, let's just give God some praise for what he's doing. I just think it's so great. And I also want to say I'm proud of you, church, that in a culture that is increasingly isolated and withdrawn, that we're allowing God to do something inside of us that's pulling us out of isolation, bringing us closer together, actually letting people see behind the mask of your life. And I'm just so glad to be a part of it and see what God is doing. And if you haven't yet had a chance to sign up for one of our groups, of course, you can do that online anytime at weareresonate.ca. Well, this morning we're launching into this brand new message series, Calling Out the champion. And as Pastor Troy said, this is actually something that we did last year. We, last summer it was called Staycation. And just as part of that series, we did a couple messages on this idea that God wanted to call out a champion inside of you. And God began to do something uh, remarkable that over the next seven weeks, we would add a hundred people to our church over just out of the impetus that I believe God started with a word for some people to step into leadership, to step up to the calling of God. And so I just thought, you know what, if God did it before, he can do it again. Let's just go back to the well. And I just want to thank our creative team as well for putting together such a great video. Can we give it up for Jordan and, and who else was a part of that? Karen and Caleb. Love it, guys. Such a great job. And I believe that this is a significant series because I believe that what God wants to do through your life is more important than you believe in this moment right now. I believe that what God wants to do through the rest of your days by the Spirit of God within you to change our cities, to change our nation, to really go beyond that and change our world, I believe that that potential, there is so much of that that is untapped in our lives and I believe God wants to call out a champion inside every one of us in this room. In fact, I, I actually believe this, that the God who said that he hates pride, that the God who formed you literally out of nothing but dust, that God wants you to believe that you're a champion. 
I believe that with all my heart. And I want to read one of my favorite news stories of the year. This was back from January. This happened in Brazil. And rather than try to recap the story for you, I'm going to let the Associated Press tell the story. I'm going to read it word for word from an article that was written about this. It says, a robber who tried to steal a cell phone from a young woman in Rio de Janeiro learned the hard way that mugging a mixed martial artist fighter who goes by the nickname the Iron Lady is not an excellent idea. <laughs> Pollyanna Viana, a UFC strawweight, and for those of you who aren't familiar with UFC strawweight, I'm not familiar either. I'm just putting two things together. Strawweight, likely she's not that big. She's just like a, she's just like a tiny package, but she'll knock you out. Come on, somebody. I don't know what strawweight is, but I feel like I would be in that category if I ever go UFC. <laughs> Pollyanna Viana, a UFC strawweight, brought the, this is a great description of a person, I hope you never get called this, brought the hapless perp <laughs> down with two punches and a kick and held him in a, I don't know what this is, but it sounds dangerous, rear naked choke before making him sit and wait for the police. The attempted crime happened late Saturday. Are you enjoying this? I know there's some women in our church. I see your Instagram, and I saw someone this week. I don't see her in this service, but she posted this week. She's like, I'm nicer after kickboxing. Come on, somebody. That's like... <laughs> So there's some fighter women in the house. You've been waiting for this story right here. Uh, the attempted crime happened late Saturday as Vianna, 27, was waiting for an Uber outside her apartment block. Lord Jesus, bring Uber to Vancouver. We just pause now to intercede <laughs> on behalf of the only major city in North America that does not have Uber. Father, we need a miracle. She said the man told her that he had a gun, but she surmised it probably wasn't real. And in any case, he won't have time to draw it before she went into action. Vienna posted images, you can find these online if you want, of the would-be robber looking dejected and bruised with blood on his sleeveless shirt and on a hand as she kept his arm in a, again, I don't know what this is, but it sounds dangerous, Camura-like position until the police arrived. Now listen to this quote from Pollyanna. Since he took the punches very quickly, I think he was scared. After the suspect's processing by police and treatment for his injuries, this is, <laughs> I don't know, Associated Press, this is such a great article, listen to this. After she beat him up and went home, it just says, she went home and made dinner. Well, thank you for letting us know. Her hands hurt a bit the next day, but nothing serious, and she was otherwise unharmed. Now, here's the thing, here's the point why I want to read this story to all of us. I think that there's two important parts to this story. One is that Pollyanna trained for years and she is a ninja, and she could take you out. Jordan Tutu, she could take you down. Come on, somebody. I don't know who else. Like, just come on. The biggest guys, toughest guys in this room. Come on, somebody. Take. Pollyanna could take. But here's the thing. Here's, here's what I think we need to pause and notice. The two most important words, uh, two most important words in the story, I don't believe were that she trained. I believe they're these words. It said, she surmised. In other words, in the half second she had to decide life and death, whether I'm going to do anything or not, she made an accurate assessment as to her capabilities. She actually believed she was able to. In fact, she said, even if he has a gun, I'm quicker. This series is not a training series. I believe God can speak some things to you to equip you as part of this series. This series is a, I believe God's called me to do it and he's already put it inside of me. Come on, I'm going after the equipping and the training that God has already done in you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not just talking about what's to come and what might be in the future. I'm saying that when you surmise your ability to overcome a challenge, that something inside of you says, no more, it's not saying, oh no, that there's an enemy, or oh no, I can't, or oh no, I tried. 
before that something inside of you would, would actually rise up that you would believe God wants to call out a champion inside of you. Some of y'all are like, man, I can't hardly make it through the day without wanting to kill my kids. Come on, God's going to call out the patience champion inside of you. You're like, what is this? Is this just all about some sort of, is this only for people that want to bo- be in a boxing ring, that want to do great things? No, I'm talking about in your home. I'm talking about on your job. I'm talking about taking out the trash, God calling out a champion inside of you the way you see that. Come on, because every single one of us is facing obstacles right now that you don't believe you can get over, but God is calling out a champion. Now, before we get to what it looks like to live like a champion and to do so humbly, which is going to be important, I first want to talk about the alternative. Because I believe not living like this, in fact, living small and seeing yourself as small, the danger is not just missing out on something God's called you to do. I actually believe it is step number one in the path to pride. So let's look and see this in the Bible. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15, and here's the context of what we're about to read. God asks King Saul to go up and to fight a battle. God is with the army. They win the battle. And then we pick up in verse number 12, where after the battle it says, Samuel the prophet rose early to meet King Saul in the morning. And it was told to Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, He set up a monument to himself. Now, right away, we notice there's a problem in this story. If God calls you to do something great for him, and he enables you to go out and do something great for him, that is, of course, not a time for monument building to yourself. You don't even have to be a follower of Jesus Christ in the room this morning to know that people that build monuments to themselves are not really the kind of people you want to be around. You don't want to work for Monument Man. You don't want to hang out with Monument Man or Monument Woman. No, building a monument to yourself is problematic in the eyes of God, but it's also just not really who you want to be around. And so I think we would all agree that there's a problem right here, and God's about to deal with this problem by sending the prophet Samuel to go and give some correction to this king, Saul. Now here's what I think the correction would look like. Here's what I think, in my own mind, it should look like. Samuel shows up on the scene and says, Okay, King Saul, you see that monument you just built to yourself? I got a problem with the monument. You see, Saul, I think you're thinking too highly of yourself. I think that you've got a pride issue, and you think you are so wonderful, and that has led you to this place and to this problem that you just built a monument to yourself. But that is not at all what Samuel shows up on the scene and says. In fact, it sounds quite different. Samuel's one of those people in the Bible who God gives the ability to see beyond the surface into what's really going on. Here's what Samuel shows up on the scene and says just a couple verses later in verse 17. And Samuel said to King Saul, Though you are, say this with me, little in your own eyes. Come on, say that one more time with me. Little in your own eyes. Are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. I mean, Samuel goes and and drops like a, a truth bomb on King Saul. You see, we think that humility is is thinking of ourselves small and pride is thinking too much of ourselves. And what the Bible is suggesting to you right here, in fact, what the Bible is declaring to you 
is that step one on the path to pride is not thinking you're too much. Step one on the path to pride is thinking that you are insignificant. If you think the thing that you do and the person that you are is small, if you think what you do and the life you're called to is insignificant, what's going to happen? You're going to go and try and do things like building a monument to get people to look at you and say, wow. If you think your life is insignificant, if you don't believe God's called out a champion inside of you, you are going to hold up an image to the world around you that is, I am something that I don't even believe I am. In Saul's day, it was building a monument out of gold or some sort of uh, physical object. In our day, come on somebody, where are we holding up an image of who we are to the world around us hoping people say, wow. There's some smart people in the room this morning. Of course, social media. Now, I'm an Instagram guy. I haven't been on Facebook since I had long curly hair. Like literally, I think my Facebook profile picture, you know better than me what my Facebook profile picture looks like. I have no idea what my Facebook profile picture looks like. I think the last time I checked it, it was when Rachel and I were first married and we did not have any kids and we had the same hairdo. Like if you see Rachel's hair today, that's what I think my hair looks like on my Facebook profile picture. I may have changed it at some point. I did not even go to check for this message because I wanted to keep the streak alive. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm an Instagram guy. I like Instagram. I spend too much time on the gram, a little bit too much time on on the gram. But as a result, I've got to regularly check in with myself and be like, who's this a monument for? I'm not saying don't enjoy your Instagram. I'm not saying don't throw your filter on your picture. I'm not saying any of that. You you can filter your picture. You can write a great caption. I'm not saying super spiritualize your caption and hashtag bless everything. I'm not saying that you need to go do that. I'm just, you need to just check in. Who am I building a monument for? You might not relate to this idea, but but personalize this to your own life. This past Easter as a church, we, we saw more people come to church on our, uh, on our third Easter just this, a few weeks ago than we've ever seen before. In fact, we had uh, 550 people show up on Easter or, and, and, and 40 people make decisions to follow Jesus. Okay, Amazing what God did in the room. And as a lead team, we sat together after the service and we just wrestled out where are we going to talk about what God did? And I'm not trying to make a big statement that, you know, you can never just talk about something God did in your life. But we decided for us as leaders that we were going to post it on the Resonate Church uh, Instagram. But we were going to leave the numbers off of our personal pages. Why? Because I just, I just, for us, we felt like in that moment, we just didn't want to build a monument to any of us. That it was our win, that it was God's win, that it was something he had done. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that if you find some pastor talking about God doing great, I'm not saying I'm never going to put a number on my Instagram of what God is doing around here. I'm not trying to make a big statement like that. I'm just saying, are you checking in who's the monument for on a regular basis? And if you're asking yourself and God says, go ahead, say it, do it, whatever you want to do. It's the house, it's the car, it's the job, it's whatever is going on. I'm just asking you, who's the monument for? Because we believe that the enemy has tried to tell you that thinking small and staying small is actually humility in the eyes of God. Saul did not build a monument because he thought he was big. Come on, he built a monument because he thought he was small. 
So I, I think this is a picture of the alternative to thinking like a champion and realizing God's calling out a champion inside of you. It is not humility. It's actually step one on the way to pride. Well, how do we do this well? How do we actually live this out the way God has called us to with a spirit of humility? Well, go with me just a few chapters over into 2 Samuel to the second king of Israel. We see here a case study on actually walking this out well, this idea of God calling out a champion inside of you. And David's a songwriter, and so in 2 Samuel 22, he writes a song to God, and, and here's, here's what it sounds like. He says this, you save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. Uh, so far, it's a great song. God likes humble stuff, does not like haughty stuff. Good song. So I, can you picture this to a beat? Do you want me to sing it? Can that help you? You save a humble people. No, I'm not saying you, your eyes are on the heart. You know, you know, what is it with us church people that whenever we sing something, it sounds like a worship song? Like, I want to sound like Coldplay right there, but it just went so worshipy. Just went so churchy. And we always go back to our childhood right there. Like, that was worship 1995 right there. Like, come on, that was like, wow, worship 1995. That's all I know how to do. Listen, he goes on. You're, you're a lamp, oh Lord. And my God lightens my darkness. Still so good. Listen, I, I, I don't even know how to walk without you. Now he moves on into verse 30. For by you I can run against a troop. And by my God I can leap over a wall. Listen to verse 36. I like this one. This has got to be the bridge. Your gentleness has made me great. Where's Andrew Burt when you need him? Come on, was Andrew good this morning? I'm on fire. Oh, my goodness. Now, listen. Here's the outline of this great song David just wrote. Watch this with me. Verse number one. God likes humility. And I can't see where I'm going without God. And I can run so fast. Verse number two is God really hates pride. And if he didn't put a light on my feet, I wouldn't even know where I was going. And man, can I jump so high. I love the interplay of these verses mashed up together in the same space that God loves humility and David believes he can jump really high. You're like, David, which is it? Is it God-loving humility, or is it you jumping high? And the scripture is shouting to us, it's both. Every time David is saying that he can do something, notice, he is attributing the confidence he has and the capability he has back to God's hand, because it's by you that I can run against a troop. Come on, it's by my God that I can leap over a wall. You see, the enemy has tried to trick you into believing that staying small and staying your insignificant is godly humility, but godly humility that God is impressed with in loves looks at a wall and says, you know, with God, I think I could get over that thing. Come on, somebody. Recently, I was going to be speaking to a room of leaders and Oftentimes, before I, I go into that sort of setting, Rachel and I will just have a little bit of a conversation about what I'm going to be saying, uh, because she's just like a champion leader, and so she said, babe, what are you going to be talking about tonight? And I said, I'm going to ask these guys, I got, I got this, babe, it's going to be such a good meeting. I'm going to ask two questions. Question number one is, <laughs> question number one is, where are you at right now in your leadership and influence? 
Now, when I say leadership and influence, please don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about where you at in your position. I'm not talking about how many people are following you. I'm really talking about how many people are you serving and calling out a champion inside of. Come on, from the perspective of our church and in the eyes of God, leadership and influence means calling out the champion in somebody else. So guys, where are you at right now in your leadership and influence? And question number two, baby, you got to hear this. This is going to be such a good night. Here's question number two. What would a next step look like into greater leadership and influence? I was like, babe, it's going to be such a good night. It's going to be such a fantastic session with these guys. Rachel looked at me and she goes, yeah, babe, that's really good, but you're missing the most important question. I was like, okay, do tell Aristotle. What am I missing here? She said, well, you can know where you're at in leadership and you can know the next step that you want to take. But if you don't identify what's holding you back from taking the step, you'll never do it. So she said, why don't you add this third question? And what's holding you back from a next step? I said, start the recording, man. This girl's on fire. She's on a podcast right now. Give her a microphone. Come on, somebody. So we went into this room and I asked these questions to the guys. And not surprisingly, they were able to identify where they were in leadership and influence. Not surprisingly, they were able to identify what a next step could look like into greater leadership and influence, greater serving other people, calling out the champion in other people. What amazed me was Rachel was right is that every single one of them had a reason they weren't taking that next step. And honestly, throughout the whole room, it largely boiled down to one single reason for everybody. The idea that staying small was safer. Everyone could identify where they wanted to be, where they were at, but there was something that was holding them back from taking a leap. It was a wall of some sort. And every one of you in the room this morning has a wall. There's a wall in your life keeping you from greater significance in the kingdom of God. What's your wall? Is it the conversation wall? Uh, Pastor Shane, I just really don't know how to talk to people. Is it the capacity wall? Pastor Shane, I just really don't know if I would be able to show up for other people. Is it the embarrassment wall? What if I tried and didn't make it? Is it the shame wall? Is it regrets wall? Is it... Is it the wall of, I tried before? Come on, what's your wall? What's holding you back from what God has called you to do? Because in the kingdom of God, God actually wants to call out the champion inside of you. He wants you to understand that everything he has called you to do, he will enable you to do. And the beauty of the text lies in these two ideas. Number one, God is the only one who can give you the ability to get over the wall. But secondly, and most importantly for this series, you're the only one that can decide to jump. And so you gotta you gotta see the wall. You gotta size it up. You've gotta look at it and realize that yeah, it takes a risk. Yeah, I might have jumped that before and not made it. But bye. My God, I can jump over a wall. And when you get to the other side, understand it was not your ability that got you there. It was not your strength that planted your feet on the other side. Don't start building a monument to yourself. Just turn back and say, come on, it was my God that when I did my part, when I jumped, it was him that lifted me. Come on, somebody. I believe that God has called. Yeah. 
I believe God's called some people in this room to start businesses for the kingdom and the glory of God, and not as a monument to you, but as a monument to him. I believe God has called some people in this room, as we've said already, in in your parenting life, just to live like a champion, to actually have strength to believe that in your marriage that is difficult, and in your home life where your kids are struggling and maybe far from God, God's calling you to another level of influence. God's called you endure this season. I believe God's called some people in the room to be leaders on the dream team. And you've, you've known for a long time God's called you to do this. But there's been a wall. I don't think you would be in church this morning if you didn't want to go after God's purposes. I don't believe you'd be sitting here if you weren't saying, I'm ready. I don't believe you would be leaning in and sitting in a room listening to somebody talk to you on a sunny Sunday morning if it wasn't in your heart to say, I want greater leadership and influence. Come on, don't say that's not for me. If leadership really is serving others and calling out the champion inside of them, then there's not one person in this room that's not called to that. You got to take the jump. That's the reason we run next steps. Step number one is today. It's to actually give you a running start into the leap God's called you to make in pursuing his purposes. I believe there's a lot of people in the room today and you have no idea what's inside you. You have no idea the potential. You have no idea the capacity that God is going to grow in you as you walk through a season of pain. You have no idea the destiny, and the destiny is not for you. The destiny is for other people. So we're not kind of trying to call out a champion inside of people so that we can have more stuff in life. I don't want to live like a champion so I can have more stuff. I don't want to live like a champion so that there's a greater position or greater title. I want to live like a champion, not so that we can even build a church. I want to live like a champion so that we can fill heaven. And Jesus would get all the glory. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. I thank you, God, that that these next few weeks, God, are not just merely words. It's not just an opportunity to fill time on a Sunday, God. There is spiritual significance to what's going to be happening in this room. This week, as many of our leaders step into our conference, God, that it's going to be a life-changing week. Get us ready, God. Get us ready. Get us ready. Lord, for for those in the room who who are in a place right now where they're just not even sure where they're at with you, God, they feel like this message was for somebody else, God, in these next few moments as we return to worship, I pray, God, that you would call out the champion inside of them, Lord, awaken something that goes beyond my words, but by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church, I'm going to invite you all over the room to stand. We're going to return back into a few moments of worship. I believe God's going to speak to us as you worship. So I'm going to invite you all over the room. Come on, raise your hands. Say, God, I'm ready to receive from you. I'm ready to hear from you. Lord, speak to my heart. In Jesus' name. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Come on. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. 
Oh 
with you with us, but because of who you are, Jesus. Come on, give a clap offering to the Lord. Give him your best this morning. His word. Thank you, God. He invites you to keep your eyes closed for just a, a moment. And in this atmosphere of worship, I know there there's some people in the room today, and, and you know that you are far from God. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus with your life, or maybe at some point in time you made that decision, but you know you've walked away from God. And Before we leave this place today, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, today is a day of decision to surrender my life fully and wholeheartedly to the God who's calling out a champion inside of me. And if that's you in the room today, you know that your sin has separated you from God. You know that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that you could be forgiven and free and know intimate relationship with the God who made you and calls himself father in your life. Come on, somebody, if that's you in the room today, and in a moment when I count to three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you include me in a closing prayer? And that's all it's going to be. No one will center you out or embarrass you. In fact, you'll just all together, everyone in this room is going to pray that prayer with you. But you'll be saying, when you raise your hand, you're saying, I'm going to be praying that from my heart and believing that God's going to do that in my life today. If you'd say, yeah, Pastor, include me in that closing prayer. I want to surrender my life wholeheartedly to Jesus. Would you just take that bold step and raise your hand on the count of three. Say, today is my day of decision. One, two, three. We just say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyone else in the room today? This is a, this is your day. You, you know God's calling your heart. It's not because of me. It's not because of anything that I've said. It really is the Holy Spirit just drawing you back to the one who made you in this place. In Jesus' name. Well, let's pray together, church, with those who just raised their hand. Come on, everybody in the room, say this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my full life. My whole heart is surrendered. I choose to follow you. I believe you died and rose again so I could be forgiven and free. I believe you give me new life and a fresh start. Help me to follow you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those who made that decision in the place today?